electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer is in Seattle today, where later today he'll have an interview with Microsoft's Satya Nadella, which you will see tonight on Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Future solid a day after we close above Dow 29K for the first time. A trifecta of solid eco data today. Retail sales, Philly Fed, jobless claims. Europe's trying to get back some opening gains in the 10 years at 1.8. Our robot begins with the unstoppable market as investors digest the details of that China trade deal. Stocks on track to open at a new round of records. Plus, Southwest follows American and United. It's pulling the Boeing 737 MAX until June. Airlines are digging in for more delays ahead of peak summer season. And shares of Morgan Stanley jumping ahead of the bell. The bank delivers a massive beat. James Gorman says it posted record profit and revenue in 2019. Stocks looking to make uh, more history a day after the Dow closes above uh, 29K for the first time and the president signs that phase one trade deal with China. S&P's on pace for its seventh weekly gain in eight. And Jim, uh, these retail sales numbers, which came out half an hour ago, uh, total holiday, ex-auto and gas up 4.4, non-store up 13.7. It does seem like names like Target might have been an execution issue. Yeah, I have to say that. I I just... Don't find any other uh, uh, excuse. And I do think that, that Brian Cornell pretty much said, listen, we screwed up. Uh, other people, other stores did better. That aggregate number is so much stronger than anything we saw from Target that I have to believe they either went to Walmart or maybe they went to Best Buy. Maybe they went to Costco, but they sure didn't go to Target. We're going to get uh, more earnings as we shift from the financials to CSX tonight. We'll talk more about the industrial economy. Uh, But in the meantime, Morgan Stanley, again, sort of uh, reiterating solid performance out of the financials this earnings season. Yeah. uh, Luckily, I was able to pass Wilf on the stairs there, who was listening to the conference call. Of course, follows financials for us. Uh, And uh, listen, it's about guidance as much as anything else at Morgan Stanley. They came out with very strong numbers in terms of what their outlook is for this year. And that's why you see the stock up, Jim, as much as it is right now. We're monitoring the call, of course. We'll bring you more on it. The numbers themselves, good, but I think the guidance is the key here. Yeah, look, most of these companies can't even uh, put out guidance. They're uh, really thinking that they're the slings and arrows of the economy. David, this model that Gorman has is a model of consistency. And I got to tell you, I'm impressed. He's a this is a well-oiled machine. So you can put a multiple on it. And right now, David, why is this company selling at a multiple that is so low versus other companies that are asset gatherers? Ten times earnings. Maybe this is the bargain in the group. Yeah, well, you've mentioned multiples before when it comes to this group overall. I mean, they are low. They're low for potentially a reason. And, of course, with rates where they are low, there's not much expectation when it comes to the big banks in terms of an increase in net interest income or net interest margin, Jim. But Goldman Sachs also trades, obviously, at a low multiple, more deserving perhaps there than Morgan Stanley. 
Yeah, definitely, because we still haven't seen what kind of uh, uh, the end of January meeting will maybe give us some sense about the line items. We, we, that thing's all over the map, and that's not going to get a high multiple because of that. Morgan Stanley deserves a higher multiple. David, I'm calling this the Dangerfield Group. It's Rodney Dangerfield. There is no respect to this group. And it's really pretty amazing because you got a guy like Gorman who reinvented the company on the fly during the bad days. Uh, it's now reaping the gains. The wealth management business is every bit as strong as some of these asset gatherers that we see. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's got a BlackRock feel to it in some ways with higher multiples. I am very impressed with what Gorman's doing, but obviously Wall Street isn't. It sells it the same multiples as all the other guys. Uh, Yeah, well, Wall Street's catching up quickly, at least uh, for Goldman. uh, Price target increases today out of Credit Suisse. Uh, J.P. Morgan, KPW, Piper, Evercore goes to 267. So uh, Street's getting religion uh, to some degree, Jim. And it does bring us sort of to the relationship between the banks and the administration. Obviously, we paid close attention yesterday to the signing of that trade deal. And in that signing, the president did address specific companies and specific CEOs, including J.P. Morgan. Take a listen. Mary Erdos, J.P. Morgan Chase. They just announced earnings and they were incredible. Where, where are you? They were very substantial. Will you say thank you, Mr. President, at least? Huh? I made a lot of bankers look very good. I was just J.P. Morgan. Uh, let's just play one more out of this before we get to talking about it. And that was Trump addressing David Calhoun of Boeing. David Calhoun, he's got a very easy company to run. He just took over Boeing. Where's David? David, where's David? Stand up, David. See, he didn't want to stand. Let me tell you, it's not your fault. He just got there. You'll straighten it out quickly, please? Okay, I have no doubt. It's a great company. All right, so Jim, the lesson here is that at least if you're looking at big public businesses, they have a vested interest in making sure that at least that this phase one agreement works. Look, you can just go uh, and look at the list of people. I mean, it's the credit card companies. It's the uh, private equity companies. Uh, it's the natural gas companies. It's the uh, tech companies, low end, typically DRAMs uh, and, and pure financials. Uh, I, I, when I was listening to that conference, I was thinking raising numbers, J.P. Morgan, uh, raising numbers, uh, Blackstone, uh, raising numbers, Carlisle. I mean, it was really kind of a, a, a like being in a research department. Except for there's a demand to be able to thank someone. Uh, Anyone who watched this was kind of like, holy cow, this is the private sector cashing in on an amazing deal. And here are the players. I mean, he gave you he gave you the recommended list, for heaven's sake. (laughs) Although a day later, uh, with analysis of the actual language, guys, I mean, there's. There's a lot of questions still about whether the Chinese are going to be able to follow through on these enormous purchases that they have committed to or seemingly committed to, uh, whether it's going to have to be state mandated, which, of course, makes it even less likely that it's going to be a market driven economy over there. Uh, And then, of course, really the key compliance provisions of all the different parts of it that are not about purchases, but are about things that are more important to many of the people in that room namely technology transfers, um, cyber espionage, uh, state support of enterprises, and all the other things, many of which will be dealt with in phase two if we get there, Jim. Yeah, look, I, this is not a hold to buy analysis. It's a hold with a possible upgrade. Again, I, being granular because of the way the president speaks, uh, these companies can cash in, as I guess what I should say, use more of a conditional. Uh, but remember, our tariffs really didn't come down much at all with the expectation that uh, 
Chinese scratch our back, we'll scratch theirs. Uh, watch the credit card companies. Uh, w- watch Visa and MasterCard. That's the easiest for them to turn on. Those companies have been waiting for it forever. It doesn't really hurt other companies in China. I, you got reference to the CEOs of both those companies. I think if you want to tell, so to speak, of what this deal really means, you got to watch Visa. you got to watch MasterCard. So, Jim, the lesson is... China is open for business, right? We're no longer in the mode where you got to pull out, we're moving to Mexico, we're moving to Vietnam, uh, supply chains are collapsing. This is about American companies taking advantage of this enormous market once again. Win by the Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. Remember, he wants to engage. Uh, there are other parts of the White House, including Peter Navarro, who was on our own network this morning, who I think want to disengage. Uh, there are people who are hardliners who are saying, listen, you can't trust the PRC. They'll never change. Uh, they get protection from the tariffs. And then there are other people who are saying, you know what? And this concludes Lighthizer. These guys are for real. And it's time. Now, I personally come out and say uh, this is a trust and verify situation. Uh, President Reagan uh, didn't trust the Russians, but the Russians caved. Will the Chinese cave? I think they'll cave serially. Uh, I know the media, uh, there was a Reuters story yesterday, basically said this is just a complete waste of time. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's a waste of time. I think that the Chinese are saying, this guy is a fox. He's a crazy fox. Uh, they, he, I think he outsmarted them. I know, David, you, you may think that that is uh, not possible to outsmart the Chinese, but some of these companies are going to make a lot more money than they were a year ago. Yeah, but the Chinese do play a long game. They do have a um, a government that conceivably is uh, better set up to uh, to ask long-term uh, sacrifice by the population. Not that it's not important that they continue to put people into the middle class. Not that they want to face unrest or that she does. I don't know, Jim. They're they're set up not that badly. And then it becomes also the, still this question of their development of technology. They're no longer and also ran. Clearly, we are superior to them, but 5G is certainly going to be an important test. AI will be another one. There is still a decent chance that you get a decoupling given our competing interests in terms of economics uh, across the globe, particularly as they edge up. Their economy is still growing. You may say it's growing at a a lesser rate. There's no doubt about that, but it's still growing. Well, three times our growth. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. It's about right. I think that's the announcement. The announced number. I do not think their economy yeah, is as strong. Look, look, if you take a look at that room, I know, I mean, David, I'm not there for you to be able to look askance at me, so I don't know what to do. Um, okay. That's a joke, David. Come yeah, home you know, soon. I miss doing thing. that to you. But I, yeah. I'm trying. I know, I miss, okay. I miss my wife. Uh, but that's a statement <laughs> and a half. But Micron uh, and Qualcomm, really the only tech companies there, what does that tell you? David, this may be a win for the bikers. And I think that no one at the beginning was thinking, well, that's going to be the win. We thought it was going to be Boeing. You had two, not one, but two Boeing executives that were uh, there. Uh, Greg Smith, the CFO. Uh, If they had planes to make, David, I think they could have crushed it. Yeah. Uh, Well, right now, negative orders, as Philip told us a couple of days ago. Uh, Indeed. And another setback this morning, guys. Is is that like negative uh, yardage? Yeah, it is. 
Southwest announces the uh, extending cancellation of the 737 MAX flights through June 6, raising doubts once again the plane will return for the important summer travel season. The carrier says it would remove about 330 weekday flights from its schedule. Of course, Jim, this matches what American and United have all already done and sort of backs up uh, the mood, at least, that Gary Kelly talked to us about when he said he wasn't happy. Take a listen to that bite. I've been very clear. We're not happy about our situation. Um, you know, we put, we put our future in the hands of Boeing and the Max, and we're grounded. So, Jim, you've talked more about this being a second-half story for sure, right? Oh, yeah. I look, I mean, Delta put up a good number because it's not really maxed. It's not, it's not its impact. Look, I, I can tell you that the existing flights uh, will be extremely full. Uh, you won't be able to put anything in the overhead, and you'll be paying more, and you'll say, where are all these people going, and you'll be waitlisted. So it's all the things that necessarily can make airlines more money. So there's a way you can make more money. Obviously, they want more planes. Gary Kelly cares about service, and he knows he can't deliver. But uh, this is still just the black eye continues. Uh, and uh, Calhoun's got his work cut out for him. I suggest he comes on, squawk on the street, and really lays out a plan. And lays it out sooner rather than later. Uh, but th- you know what today was? Today was a day where I did not read a horrible email that was, uh, had previously been redacted. Have you noticed that there was no email today that had the FAA being idiots or customers being morons? Is, it, is, that, is that a win? Sometimes when you stop hitting yourself on the head with a hammer, it feels good. Uh, that's certainly the way some <laughs> Boeing investors uh, might feel today. Jim, we want to hear a lot get, more about what you've got get me to, for Nadella tonight. Uh, let's take a look at uh, some of today's movers. We'll get to all of that, including some calls on Tesla. First underweight out of Morgan Stanley in about seven years. Take a look at the futures here. More Squawk on the Street from Post Nines back in a minute. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. All right, let's get to a mad dash again. Uh, This time we're going cross-country to Seattle for a mad dash where you're getting ready for that uh, Nadella interview that we're all looking forward to, Jim. But uh, you had one last night on Mad XPO, and they've got news as well, don't they? This is so up your alley, David. Uh, uh, Brad Jacobs, whom you've known, this is one of the best-performing stocks, seventh best since he got involved uh, in the S&P during his period, and also tenfold since 2011. David, he's not happy. He feels that the value of his company is ridiculously low. I think what he's really frustrated by is if he were to come public right now, he could be an AI logistics company that would get about a 25 multiple. Right now, he's got a 20 multiple, but it's really uh, uh, not nearly as much as you would get if it just started over. So he wants to sell things. Maybe he catches a bid entirely. I posited that maybe Amazon uh, buys the company, and uh, that was a non-starter where I was immediately told, well, why don't you go talk to them? So I said, okay, I will. Remember, I'm in the city by the sound. Yeah, you are. You are. Man, don't think about getting Bezos, though. That's my long-term goal. You stay away. He's um, over in Europe. He's over in Europe. Okay. You right, die about sound, you. Yeah, no chance you're going to get him. But, uh, you know, XPO, Jim, we're talking, what, a $7.5 billion market value. 
I mean, it's not as though the stock hasn't yeah. performed fairly well over the last year, though. What, are, what do you think is going to actually end up happening here with this process? I think that somehow you're going to bring out the value of the logistics business. You know, David, Shopify is a company, Loop starts with a, a hold, uh, which is basically a company that gets the uh, you the goods. This is a last mile play. Some ways you could say, you know what, they have the artificial intelligence. They've got the smart technology to be able to be a Shopify with that business and the hard assets, the trucking business. Well, you know what, that's not uh, involved with this. It's not going to be sold. So I look at it as being... Could it be like uh, Intelligent from Honeywell? Could it be Zebra Technologies? Uh, it can be a lot of different companies, but this is considered to be the Google of infrastructure. I think uh, Brad is right. It, one division itself is worth the company, and then you get the rest for free. All right. Well, the market responding certainly positively uh, today. Um, Jim, thank you for that mad dash. Uh, remember, by the way, you can You're always welcome. watch us live on the go on the CNBC app. More Squawk on the Street from the NYC straight ahead. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com methane. Got a lot of data this morning. Philly Fed, retail sales, uh, jobless claims, all of it uh, uniformly good. And that has futures up. We're going to say hello to S&P 3300 at the open as we see Dow 29K once again the opening bell in less than 10 minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just over five minutes on this busy Thursday morning as earnings season rolls on. Our parent company, Comcast, getting ready to enter the streaming wars. Today, we're going to find out more about its new video service, Peacock, during the company's investor day. This is what we know so far. It is scheduled to launch in April, and unlike competing services, will be ad-supported. Uh, Comcast is expected to spend $2 billion over the next two years on content and marketing. They'll join other recent streaming launches like Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, HBO Max, and Quibi. Um, going to be interesting, David, as we try to do things a little bit differently than some of our rivals have. Yeah, not going straight streaming with a, just a simple sub uh, uh, fee, although we are curious to see what it is going to cost for ad-free. Um, it's not as central to the overall strategy at the company as Disney Plus was to Disney. Of course, we can all remember back in April that day when they introduced it, the price point being so important, the interview that Iger gave with me, at, uh, uh, we went over things along uh, a, a great uh, level of detail, and the huge move in the stock price all reflected how important Disney Plus was to that. HBO Max, similarly, very important to the strategy at Warner. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because Craig Moffat's got a note out today on uh, the Turner part of Warner, the focus there. 
But Peacock is important. $2 billion is not insignificant in terms of a sum of money to uh, spend over two years. They do say break even by year five. But again, Jim, we are going to get details today on Peacock. I should point out Charter being downgraded today in the old cable space uh, by Morgan Stanley, uh, where uh, Mr. Swinburne, the analyst, takes it to an equal weight. That's been a great performer. Still likes Comcast a lot. But an important day for NBC Universal, our parent, with the introduction of Peacock. Uh, David, Comcast is often thought to be the most proficient technologically. Is there something here that, that really distinguishes uh, from the other guys uh, that uses technology that could be exciting? Uh, they do exciting things. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, interface is always important in these things. When I saw the HBO Max introduction, their interface was interesting. Their recommendation engine, the way they sort of have that. Uh, Disney Plus is fairly strong. So that's important. Your point, of course, Xfinity in terms of the, all the technology. I mean, there's thousands of developers at Comcast, but we've never licensed, we being Comcast, has never actually licensed it to all the other cable uh, providers, which is something some shareholders would have loved to have seen, sort of similar to having it be uh, like Google's Android for phones, you know, have Xfinity be the de facto operating system for all cable uh, distributors. That hasn't happened. I think anyone who has Xfinity like, like, loves it, and I think that it's a, a, a real additive to the situation. But then again, if you've never seen Xfinity, I don't think you're going to say, well, what could really technologically be new under the sun? These are just dumb pipes. But in, in Comcast case, that, I work for Comcast. We all do. Yeah. Uh, it, it's exciting, and it's easy. I'm from Philadelphia, early adopter, and it's really great. Yeah. Carl, when it comes to Peacock itself and the impact on the financials, we'll see uh, what that is. You know, Mike Cavanaugh, the CFO, is those numbers we're using were from a presentation he gave. I think it was at the UBS Investment Conference a few weeks back, late in the year, uh, last year. But we're certainly going to expect to get a little bit more detail. Yeah, stock's up at least 20% since the announcement of the platform. And we know even though it launches in April... Uh, as Jessica Reef Ehrlich said on Squawk earlier today, it's really the Olympics where you'll see a second push. Uh, that that deal continues to be rocket fuel for just about any initiative uh, Comcast wants to put forward. Right, in terms of marketing it. And, of course, the key also is subscription expectations. You know, we got them from Disney on day one, HBO Max. And so it will be interesting to see if they are even offered. And what new content potentially is going to be available solely on the platform. Right now there's a lot of content there, but it's also on Hulu. Remember, Comcast is withdrawing from Hulu. There's a, a deal with Disney there uh, for that. So a number of questions we hope to get answered. Look, David, I, I think that you know, again, speaking technology in the negative sense, I, I'm out here and a lot of people feel that 5G could disintermediate programming. Uh, I think one of the reasons why Comcast went so heavily in international is a concern. I think anyone who's in cable has to be concerned about what they're doing out here to make it so what they're doing uh, at any cable provider, it, it makes it so that it's less effective. Yeah. Well, 5G, in terms of its ability to get into the home with a wireless alternative to broadband, is still a question that we're trying to answer, and it's going to be closely watched by all the incumbent cable providers, of course, because broadband is the business. I mean, to the point I made earlier about this downgrade of charter, that's what it's about, Carl. Broadband net ads face tough comps uh, this year, they say. Uh, charter, by the way, has been an incredible performer over the last year. 
far outpacing the S&P uh, during the last uh, couple of years in terms of its performance. Yeah, we, people worry about cord cutting and the impact on linear television, but I think it was Goldman that once called it the point of indifference for Comcast because of the broadband uh, business model. There's the opening bell in the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the Big Board Quantex Building Products Corporation, celebrating 55 years at the NASDAQ, the American Red Cross, in honor of National Blood Donor Month. Jim, maybe uh, raise the curtain a bit about uh, uh, the reason you're in Seattle and what you expect uh, to ask Nadella today. Well, look, I, I think that the company is taking so much share in the cloud uh, that almost everything else takes a back seat. A lot of things support their cloud. Uh, if you have the regular Microsoft operating system, it is so much cheaper to migrate to the cloud that Microsoft has, Azure, than it is to go to Amazon. Some people think it's five times uh, more expensive to go to, to uh, Amazon Web Services. We have to talk about that. We also have to talk about the, the strength of this company during his tenure. Uh, this is a company that I think a lot of us have said, oh, it's going to plot along. It has got a remarkable return, and there is no government intervention here. That already happened. That happened 20 years ago. Uh, this is a behemoth of more than a trillion dollars that nobody says, you know what, that's not fair, versus some of the others, including its competitor, Amazon. Uh, well, it's a big reason why the market, the overall indices uh, are where they are. We're at S&P 3,300 for the first time, record high, Dow 29,165. As you can see, record highs all across the board, Jim. I think it was bespoke yesterday that said the five largest stocks now make up 17% of S&P market cap. That is the highest reading since at least 1990, and it actually eclipses the levels that we saw in early 2000. So we are relying heavily on That's a few select names like Microsoft. That's incredible, because remember, you had Cisco at $400 billion uh, during that peak in 1999. So for it to exceed uh, that period is rather amazing. Look, this is a market that is uh, rewarding companies that are international, rewarding companies that have technological proficiency that nobody else has, rewarding companies that with uh, multiple streams of revenue, like Microsoft, like Amazon, like Alphabet. Think about all the things those companies have. No wonder there were uh, candidates who wanted to break them up. Uh, the sum of the parts are, are incredible. They're all doing the amazing things that make it so inflation is so low. So you can have great growth, low inflation. Is the, are, that, that's what these companies do. And we don't talk about their impact to the GDP in terms of inflation and growth nearly enough. But the stock market is rewarding them. Um, guys, a name we've been following lately, given its stratospheric rise, of course, has been Tesla. Uh, nothing but up for the for the most part since well since the start of the year and and, and well before that. It is downgraded this morning by Adam Jonas over at uh, Morgan Stanley to an underweight. Uh, his price target, though, of course, goes to 360 because he's so far yeah. below where the street is. But you can see it's it's having an impact on the stock a bit today, Jim. Um, you know. Risk to the long-term Chinese business that may not be fully appreciated by the market. He talks about uh, he's got a $332 discounted cash flow value for the core auto business, $28 for mobility. Um, he, his gap EPS forecast increased to 22 for um, for for 2025. I mean, how can you even have 2030 EPS? 
How do you even have a? Did you uh, Google fatuous? Did you Google fatuous? That piece comes EPS up. S- what do yeah. you Google? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Yeah, Google the word fatuous. By the way, in, in 2030, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to win it big. I mean, what the heck is this report? When I read it, I said, this is a buy-buy-buy report, not a, not a sell-sell-sell report. Uh, I regarded this research as value subtracted. I, I, don't, I, I am Jimmy Chill now, so that's hard to say. I do want to just say I think it's suboptimal. Okay. I mean, look, his, his, bill, his bill case was 500. Uh, stock's gotten there. He does say investors will be presented with more attractive opportunities to own the stock in the future. He ups his China numbers, as yeah. he says, is encouraged by execution yeah. in China. Well, I mean, if, if I were, remember the old Elon Musk? He would uh, smoke a doobie and make fun of this guy. That Musk is gone. Now we have a, a definitive uh, Henry Ford with ethnological issues uh, meets Edison. And, and, and I think that he's a statesman because otherwise he'd take this fellow apart. That doesn't happen anymore. Some of us miss the old non-chill Elon Musk, but he must be rolling over wherever he is right now because this was just, uh, this was ill-advised research. Yeah, well, maybe Musk is just doing those horrible dance moves. Why do you say horrible? Why do you say horrible? They were horrible. It was horrible. Oh, please. Nobody wants to you watch are, that. You are a, a defeatist and a negativist. Really? A defeatist and a negativist? I thought he danced well for his age. I thought for he danced age? well. I mean, I don't know if we had the clip. that old. Well, he's, okay, so he's not Fred Astaire. What are you looking for? I'm looking for a little rhythm, my friend. Just a little bit. A little bit. Hey, David, yeah. for a trillionaire, he does, he does pretty well. <laughs> I say Bezos is a buy, better he dancer. He buy dancing lessons. I think Bezos is a better wow. dancer than Musk. You're just yeah, trying well, to get he, land Bezos. That's Bezos. all you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come back from Europe. I'm ready for you, Jeff, wherever you are. I don't know about Nadella's dance moves, though, Jim. Maybe you can sample those later. Yeah, that's horrible dancing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, look, if, if he's wearing the black T-shirt, I got to tell you, he has game. You know, he doesn't. He's got pull, game. He doesn't. You know, he, 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 no, he is not a slave to convention like you. That's true. I am a slave to convention, a defeatist, and a negativist. Uh, speaking of negative, uh, AT and T this morning gets a long report, Jim, from uh, Moffat Nathanson. It's a firm that we follow closely, given their numbers. They're focused on Turner which is a part of Warner Media, contributes over 50% of the company's EBIT, that is the Warner part of AT&T. You can see it's not having an impact at all on the stock price. Their concern, continued ratings declines, viewership declines at, uh, at Turner, at TBS and TNT, and what that's going to mean for the renewal cycle that the company is in the midst of in terms of renewing its affiliate agreements with all the big cable providers. Um, what I can tell you is those concerns may be a bit misplaced based on at least the conversations I've had. A lot of those deals have already been done, the renewal deals. Uh, they're not for five to seven years any longer. Now they're closer to three to five years. Don't know the terms, but the concern about them all coming up this year, that may be a bit misplaced as what, from what I hear. Many of the big guys have already been done. There is no doubt. That, as we know, back to Peacock, of course, and the other streaming efforts, the universe of cable subscribers continues to decline and will continue to decline, and that is having an impact. We also know that the programming featured on TNT and TBS, we may love it. I'll never stop watching The Fugitive or, uh, you know, a couple of those other movies, but 
you know, because you're, whenever you're flipping. But uh, they're going up against the likes of all the new entertainment product available on all of the streaming services. The ratings are down. CNN, by the way, has been quite strong. But perhaps a little bit uh, much here made of that, given that they apparently have had successful renewals already. What, David? That sounds like that the uh, Paul Allen. I, uh, no, I'm sorry. Not, um, what? Who is the the other the bullcase uh, uh, singer? Elliot. Yeah, Elliot. The Elliot yeah. guys are going to win. Is Elliot going to no, win? I don't, I don't know. Paul Allen. I don't know about that. Jeez, I, I, I think Paul it's still Allen, worthy. Yeah, this is still worthy of a great deal of focus and will be during the course of this year as to whether they can meet those targets for revenue growth of the company uh, and what pressure it's going to continue to be under as a result of the subscriber defections at DirecTV, the pressure that we see in the cable universe, HBO Max's launch, which we talked about earlier, which will take place in April, how well it's going to do in terms of getting traction. All of these things make AT&T an important watch, not to mention as well the wireless business, which of course continues to be the uh, important part of the company, at least roughly half overall. Um, so, Jim, we'll see. There are those who still believe eventually they're going to have to throw in the towel, divest their direct TV, figure out something new for Warner. Who knows? But that's not going on well, right David, now. Well, Elliot, Elliot Partners is using a $60 price target. When I listen to you, it reminds me that this is a, uh, a tentative situation. Uh, and it's actually a situation that's on the fly. But I think it's interesting that you just mentioned the wireless as an afterthought. So what happens? So Stevenson buys uh, ATT. He buys something that uh, Great American Jeff Buca sells him, and it doesn't get him the cash flow that he thought it would? Well, it gives a lot. It gives a decent amount of cash flow. The question is whether or not it will actually increase the, that cash flow and the, all the revenues. I mean, it's a pressured business on some fronts. Turner being an example of that. Um, HBO, the question wow. again, will HBO Max really gain significant traction at its price point? Service is a robust one. I mean, I remember being there. There's a lot on there, will be when it's available. Uh, but will it go far beyond the HBO current HBO customer? These are key questions. Um, and then the wireless business. Listen, back to Timo and Sprint. We'll see what happens there. If that deal doesn't happen, is it better for AT&T Wireless? If it does happen, is it better for AT&T Wireless? 5G, there's, there's a lot swirling around here. And the guys at Elliott are no doubt, they're smart guys. But you know what? I've seen a lot of smart guys, as you have, Jim, end up being wrong. Right. Well, well, talk about a stock that's not participating in the, in the great American rally. I mean, holy cow, this one isn't. ATT was considered to be a very safe stock when uh, we felt that there would never be a China deal. Uh, now, all of a sudden, overthinking is that this is dead money, and we'd rather be in aggressive stocks that are going to clean up, so to speak, if there really is a, a deal that can be enforced. Uh, David, I, I've got to tell you, uh, the stock is uniquely wrong for this market. 100% uh, 100% to me- well, no, there's some South America. But estimates could be coming down here. There are not many companies so far where estimates have come down where the, uh, off of reportage, except for Target. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and Carl, of course, what is working keeps working, which is Facebook now up over 8% this year. Apple's having a very strong uh, morning, returning to its more than 7% gain. 
uh, so far this year. And Alphabet, I mean, those three names alone, the market cap that's been added during the just the first 10 or so trading days of the year has been pretty that's astounding. Just, just what we were saying a moment ago about uh, the market leaning on, on the Giants. Jim, I want to get you on rails because CSX is tonight. Uh, cast freight, uh, biggest drop since the recession for December. Rail traffic last week down 9.6, no good. But the rails are testing all-time highs today. Why? Precision railroading. I mean, this is one of those situations where they're getting, let's just say, more per car. CSX is uh, heir to the uh, uh, this whole process. You've got Jim Foote, who's running the company, uh, CEO. And uh, i got to tell you, I think people are going to look at efficiency uh, rating. And if the efficiency is good, they're going to take it up. Don't forget, Union Pacific, huge beneficiary of anything that goes on uh, just because of commerce that goes west to uh, Southern California ports that then goes to China. This group is uh, it's on fire. And it's on fire because of what people think is going to happen in the future, not with people going thinking about what's going to happen in the past. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There has been there's some been some research uh, the last week that suggests they're going to squeeze another beat out of the quarter uh, on restructuring, yeah. maybe some cost cutting. But how long can that hold up uh, before uh, fundamentals return? And then Jim, utilities. I mean, we talk about tech and uh, Alphabet and all of the giants rising, but at the same time. Uh, Utilities also hitting new highs. Is this a hedge or just a, a signal of a, a global uh, rate environment that remains low? What's happening there? And this is astonishing. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Carl, if you thought the economy worldwide was going to grow because of a trade deal, uh, why would the utilities be rallying? Why would oil fall? Uh, oil, I think, is becoming atavistic, at least in the minds of the investors. That's what we heard from Larry Fink. But uh, I think this rally in the utilities is a search for yield uh, wherever you can find it. I'm looking at American Electric Power. It, it really is at the whim of customers. Uh, and it, it's, it, it's still got a 2.8% yield. But this stock is on, it, it's really on fire. When you look at the chart of AEP, doesn't that look like Alphabet? Doesn't, does, doesn't that look like Microsoft? I mean, isn't it amazing? Uh, it truly is. Uh, just a signal that wow. uh, p- uh, investors are buying just about everything. Uh, VIX dips below 12 here at the open. Uh, Dow's up 160 and obviously 3,300 for the first time on the S&P. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Bob? Yeah, S&P 3,300, Dow 29,000. We're filing, firing on all cylinders and uh, a number of breakouts occurring. Let's just take a look at the sectors right now. Uh, tech of course, breaking out. Consumer discretionary strong. Uh, banks having a better day. They've been selling off going into earnings. Better today. Morgan Stanley was just terrific numbers. Consumer staples and the Vanguard read also strong uh, as well here. Retail I mentioned up. Semiconductors uh, up. Emerging markets are also up for the day. There's a number of things we're talking about catching up with technology. A number of sectors doing very well. Here's the NASDAQ 100 up 4% for the year. But the IPO ETF right near historic highs, 7%. Home constructions outperforming. China stocks have been doing well ever since the beginning of the year. Aerospace has also been an outperformer. So it's not just tech out there. There's a lot of other things that are performing not only in line, but even better than some of the technology stocks. Banks are better today on the Morgan Stanley numbers, but KBE, predictably, this is the bank ETF, selling off going into earnings. This is a very typical phenomenon. But we had some very particular things happen this week in the earnings overall. If you just take a look, a little disappointment with Wells Fargo, small disappointments with U.S. Bank Corp. You see down for the week here. PNC was in 
in line. Morgan Stanley way above expectations. City hit a new high yesterday. So you see mixed results on the overall actual earnings that we're getting for the week. For earnings today, Morgan Stanley, big beat on the top line and the bottom line here. Look at that. That's uh, 7% on the upside. Big move for Morgan Stanley. Charles Schwab, slightly below expectations, but they're giving them a break because there's a lot of discussions about that upcoming deal with Ameritrade. And on that, they did have the press release this morning. They didn't have an actual press call, but they had a press release. And you can see here, assets, this whole Ameritrade deal is really about assets under management and synergies. Big, big asset gatherer, Charles Schwab. $4 trillion, up 24% year over year last year. And of course, on the Ameritrade deal, they said they are aiming to close in the second half of 2020. They've said that before. We don't have a new update, but obviously, this is under review right now. Uh, there may be some small antitrust issues, but we haven't had a big update. That's where we're at still so far. As far as what's going on, remember, this is not about trades. This is about synergies, and it's about gathering assets. The new combined entity would have more than $5 trillion in assets combined, and it's also about synergies. You're going to close a lot of divi- uh, sectors there uh, that are going to be redundant, and they are talking about very significant cost synergies overall. Uh, what else is going on here? Why the deal is going to have? Look, this is all about the banks. 60% of their revenues are from the bank, net interest income. So when the yield curve changes, it really matters at all a lot to a company like Schwab. They also have a very big asset management division. Of course, they've got a very big ETF division. Uh, they have funds that are out there, and they make money on that, 30%. So there you got 94% in that. Here's trading, what we always talk about. This is what zero commissions eventually will do to you. You're down to essentially 3% and others about 3%. I expect you're going to see a lot more consolidation this year in a lot of these other businesses, particularly the ETF business. Carl, there's 150 ETF companies out there, but the top five, including Vanguard and BlackRock, they have 90% of all the assets. Five companies, 90% of the ETF assets. Back to you, Carl. Incredible, Bob. Thanks. Bob Pisani. Let's get to the bond pits and Rick Santelli, who brought us that... Uh Good eco data earlier this morning. Hey, Rick. Absolutely, Carl. And as I get various emails, you know, there's a lot of picking going on on the data. You know, the control number for retail sales up a half a percent was solid. Yeah, we lost a little bit on a revision. But the point is, do you average it together or is this a building momentum scenario? And there is a difference. The data was good. Look at an intraday of 10, immediate response in the marketplace. It popped. Tens are up three basis points, twos are up two, and this, of course, changes the direction of the week, as you see on the one-week chart. We also had a close yesterday. It was the lowest in tens since December 4th, as you see on that chart. And the ongoing discussion is as follows. If the signing of the trade deal and all the associated uh, market factors that led up to it are the reason that equities are doing so well, then why is it exactly they're not having a similar effect on pushing rates higher? And it's something that we will be thinking of in the Santelli Exchange discussing later today. Finally, the dollar index. Now, we go back to November, you can learn a lot. November index is down uh, a bit yesterday. It's coming back today. But it certainly looks as though it may have peaked, and you see those lower highs successively want to pay very close attention to right around 97.30 to 97.5 in the dollar index. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Be sure to check out our podcast. You can actually listen to the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street wherever you get podcasts. Record highs across the board, S&P 3303. We're back in a minute. You got phase one already signed. 
bank earnings essentially wrapped up on solid notes. The data today was outstanding and breadth is good. Record highs across the board. Stop trading with Jim's back in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, look, one of the things that's happened for most of the quarter so far is that analysts have to catch up to stocks. If you take a look at the uh, stock of AMD, okay, Advanced Micro Devices, you got a comment today from Barclays, 32 goes to 50 price target. Well, what are you going to do? The stock has overrun the price target dramatically. Lisa Seuss produced about a, I don't know, um, well, there's a return since she started. It's amazing. Uh, data center this time is uh, growing. A lot of people didn't uh, still understand how Intel couldn't produce its chips. This is what's driving the market. Stocks that have exceeded price targets where the analysts are playing catch up. Oh, that's for sure, Jim. Uh, and we all we all know what's coming up tonight. Yeah, but look, Satya Nadella is going to announce what I regard as an ambitious new plan to address climate change. And we're going to be there when it's announced. Uh, I think it's pretty monumental, by the way, because this is where uh, the future is. And by the way, uh, we also have GW Pharma, which is a company that makes artificial uh, cannabis. And that company's on fire. They pre-announced a really good quarter on, on Sunday night. All right, Jim. Sustainability, one of the themes of the week, without a doubt. Oh, my. David E. S-G. Okay, those are the letters you need to know. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.